Welcome to the first of the five-part festive run of the Pharma Forum podcast. We've had some excellent conversations the latter part of this year and thought the holiday period would provide an ideal moment when one has slightly more time on one's hands for simple pleasures for relaxing into a listening frame of mind. A quintet of golden podcast rings, if you will. In this first of our festive series, I speak with Elisa Cascade, Chief Product Officer at Advara, about increasing burdens on clinical research sites over the last five years, the whys and the wherefores and what can be done moving forwards to lessen these. It's an interesting and enlightening discussion, I hope you'll agree, and thank you for taking a moment out from the seasonal celebrations to listen. This is web editor Nicole Rani, and today I have with me Elisa Cascade, Chief Product Officer at Advara, which provides regulatory review solutions and clinical research technology for sites and sponsors. Welcome, Elisa. Thank you, Nicole, for having me. So in this episode, we'll be discussing the increasing burdens on clinical research sites over the last five years. Much has changed for clinical research since 2018, especially in the realm of technology. However, what hasn't changed are the inefficiencies of study activation and the burden placed on clinical research sites. Indeed, burden is actually getting worse, with almost two-thirds of sites also saying that their study volume is higher too. But before we really begin sinking our teeth into the topic at hand, perhaps you could share your journey, Elisa, to where you are today and your work with Advara. Sure. Thank you very much. So I have an extensive background in uh, clinical trial technology. I've done it for so many years that I don't want to tell you because you'll think I'm older than I actually look if you could see me in person. But um, really have been through all different sides of clinical trial technology. But in addition to that, I, I actually have been quite close to the site in the clinical trial workforce as well. I do sit on the um, board at ACRP, which is the Association of Clinical Research Professionals, and I'm vice chair uh, this year, and then in 2024, I'll be chair of the association. So very exciting to talk to you today about both clinical trial technology and then the impact that it has on our sites. Thank you, Lisa. And so to those clinical trials, specifically, how is true progress made when it comes to accelerating clinical research? I mean, it's a hot topic. So tell me, what are the obstacles that sites are facing at the moment when it comes to study activation and what steps can industry take to solve them? Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. I I think technology is actually kind of a double-edged sword, right? In the sense that by automating the processes through technology, we do accelerate a trial. The question then becomes, what burden does that add for a site? And when we did our survey, what we saw is that setup and training on sponsored technology was rated very or extremely burdensome by 55% of the respondents. And it was the most burdensome activity identified in the startup process. And 67%, so two thirds of them say that the burden has increased over the last five years. So, so, So why, like if you were to say, double click on why is that burden increase, I would say a couple of things. Um, One is just the number of different systems that they have to log into and the number of passwords. 
so industry has been trying to address that, um, to unify sign-in through a single login and password. But I think my question is, why can't we just connect using the site's own credentials? Why do we have to create another new login and password for a site? And, and when we talk to sites about that, over 80% say they would find that extremely or very valuable just to log in with their own credentials. Yes. I mean, talking about Advara's report, the study activation survey report of 2023, within that report, you're looking at the role, as you say, of technology and site tools and their benefits and burdens. And as you've been alluding to, the, the figures are quite shocking almost. I mean, half site respondents use da uh, electronic data capture or EDC, uh, interactive voice response or IVR and safety letter distribution systems. The technology goes on and between 33% and 50% of sites are using electronic patient reported outcomes, EPRO or electronic clinical outcomes assessment, ECOA. So, Looking at that burden to benefit ratio of technology, everyone's saying, oh, the new technology we must implement. What's the true impact of increasing the use and reliance on these technologies and actually overburdening the people using them, if you know what I mean? It's just how much new, how much novelty is too much all at once and is it actually needed? I think it's a really good question. Um, and so in the in a lot of the systems that you mentioned, like EDC, IVR, EPRO, for example, unfortunately, those are the kinds of systems that are needed by sponsors to randomize a patient, to capture data, to monitor the study. So in some ways, those can't be avoided. So if you can't avoid them, how can you make the site's life easier when they have to use them, right? Two things to think about. The first is, if the site has their own technology, connect to it. Make it so that they don't have to double data enter the information. And again, one of the common things is what we call an e-regulatory binder, where they have all of their study documents. 80% of sites in our survey said that it would be very or extremely valuable to connect their own EREG system into a sponsor's document collection system, for example. The second thing that I would say is don't just think about technology for sponsor purposes, but think about it from the site's benefit as well. And what can you provide the site in that technology that will actually help them and simplify their day-to-day -day job in the trial? So some of the things that we looked at um, were these tools that the sites would find useful. In the survey, the top four tools that 80% of sites said were either very or extremely useful were things like quick links. How can you get from one system to another system? Mm -hmm. Protocol text search. If you need to look something up in the protocol, how can you do it very quickly? what we call visit essentials and visit calculator, a list of all the activities that happen in that visit, or a calculator that says if a patient started on October 1st, what are the visit windows that you need to schedule for visit one, visit two, and visit three? These are the kind of tools that if you're already deploying technology to a site, why not add them in so it's not just burden, but actually value that they're getting out of the system too? Mm-hmm.
Absolutely. So focusing on what you've been saying about the the windows there, the study windows, the visit windows going towards the patient, obviously with site feasibility and burden, you also have to take into consideration things like budgeting and contracting as well as patient recruitment. Perhaps you could tell me more about that. Yeah, I have to tell you, one of the statistics that both surprised and didn't surprise me at the same time had to do with contracting and budgeting. Um, not surprising. It was the second and third highest burden in the survey behind technology. That's what we hear survey upon survey every year. But but when you look at it, and we actually asked a question. We said, how often will sponsors reuse terms that have already been negotiated? And interestingly, only 36% of sites said that they would always or often reuse contract terms. And 31% of sites said they were always or often reuse it budget ter- reuse budget terms. And so what that means is that the site and the sponsor or the CRO start at ground zero every single time, even when you're working with an experienced site that's previously negotiated terms. That just adds time to the startup process as well as burden for the site. So some of these changes that can get made in the process are quite pragmatic and simple to implement. Just let's reuse old terms. Let's make it easy for a site to say, here are the six specific clauses that I need in every contract. And let's start there as opposed to escalating there through negotiation. Yes. I mean, spot on. (laughs) And then when it comes to patient recruitment, what sort of um, suggestions Perhaps can you offer there? Uh, what we saw in the survey is that patient recruitment, sort of uh, the triaging of referrals is definitely increasing in use. Um, but the biggest burden that we see is that sites are often responsible for tracking those referrals, either tracking them themselves or being called by the recruitment provider to provide feedback on what's happening. And so one of the things that that I think is out there and possible today is to be able to automate the process with this referral tracking so that sites can access a referral that will actually trigger a change in status of that referral. So rather than the third-party recruitment company having to call and say, did you contact the patient referral yet? That doesn't have to happen because the system that they access to the referral, they access the referral from automatically changes the status. Mm -hmm. So it becomes a much easier process for the site where by their workflow progresses a referral. And then similarly at the back end, integrating with what we call IRT, you mentioned before, it's one of the technologies that'll be on a study and using that to determine if the patient was ultimately enrolled. So I guess my point is, how can we use the technology that's out there today to help in this tracking, to decrease the burden it places on the sites? So that comes to my next question. To summarize, what would you suggest can be done overall to reduce the burden on clinical trial sites? So taking all this information from the report, what would be your suggestion? I mean, the report itself took in responses from 500 North American clinical research site professionals, so considerable amount of responses there. So what sort of takeaway, if you will, package of points would you put forth? Um, I'm a big fan of pragmatic innovation, right? Take 
little steps, step by step by step. And then you just sort of chip away at the burden. And I think what we need to do is find these win-win scenarios that are wins for sites and wins for sponsors. I mentioned one with the contract and budget negotiation. Sponsors get speed, sites have greater efficiency. I mentioned one with connecting site technology. Sponsors benefit because their study has better compliance because the site has their own technology. Sites benefit because they don't have to double data enter. These are small pragmatic things that we as an industry can do to really listen to the site. There's one other thing that I would mention, and that is not all sites are exactly alike and they have different needs. And so listening to our sites and hearing their needs is very important. And I can give you a quick example. So in the United States, we might have an academic medical center that's not just doing industry-funded research, but doing research for NIH or investigator-initiated trials. And then we may have a professional site network, which doesn't really do patient care and instead is more of a professional clinical research shop. And their needs are very different. That academic medical center has to be able to do research, not just for sponsors, but use their technology for other studies as well. They're seeing patients as part of other aspects of the patient. So they need to understand what are they billing to insurance and what are they billing to the clinical trial? What are they invoicing for the clinical trial? That's very different than a, than a professional site where all they see is patients for a clinical trial. And their experience is that they want to be able to tailor their systems to really feed the clinical trial. They want different kinds of reports to look at sort of studies that are coming in and, and the progress of their studies. All of these different things may be slightly different depending on the perspective of the site. So bespoke and personalized almost to the point of where we're going with patient care now, individual, the purpose of the study, the purpose of the site. So on sites, what of the future? So what do you project is going to sort of take place? What corner is going to be turned where burden is lessened? And how is Advara going to be taking part in that, that change? Yeah, I mean, my own personal opinion, I think this is true of Ivara as well, is that sites are not going to go away. Uh, the industry has tried decentralized clinical trials, DCTs, and they definitely work as a necessity, but I think that they're likely to remain an edge case rather than the predominant way that studies will be delivered. So, so if we as an industry need our sites to test the efficacy and safety of new treatments, we have to find a way to simplify and streamline the study experience. And as I said earlier, definitely a big fan of pragmatic innovation, but, but what we're doing here at Advara is we're trying to use the technology to simplify the site's life, provide them tools that are of value to them in conducting the trial, and connect their own technology with the sponsor technology into this connected ecosystem. So it just decreases the burden that's placed on them from using technology that's needed to run the trials. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I just want to sort of focus on what you said about DCTs there and how they'll remain an edge case, if you will. Could you expand a bit on that? Oh, 
You asked me to put my DCT hat on now. <laughs> so here's what I would say. There are definitely cases in my mind where DCTs make sense. One of the biggest use cases that I certainly have heard is in rare diseases where you need to bring the trial to the patient. I will also tell you personally, I am a big fan of the idea of clinical research as a care option where anybody in the field, regardless of where they live, should have access to life-saving new therapies that are under investigation. But, but there are times when that patient is not located near a, a clinical trial site, an experienced clinical trial site. And so we have to find ways to bring the trial to the patient in those examples. But I think that what's going to happen is that it's going to be all about what you said earlier, this idea of optionality, right? Where for some patients, it's going to make sense to, to come into a site because of where they live, because of the sites that are on the trial, because of the procedures that are happening at a particular visit. And then there may be others where it makes sense that they can be managed in their own home. And it may not even be one or the other for a single patient. It may be a combination of all of them. But, but I don't believe personally that sites are going to go away. We need sites to be able to be the predominant delivery. That's where the volume is going to come from. That's where the acceleration is going to come from. That's where the quality is going to come from because these are the people who have the experience and the training on how to deliver a study. A balanced clinical trial ecosystem, as you say, where you have the option, but also the traditional as well. Brilliant. Yep. Thank you very much for your time today, Elisa. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And so that concludes another episode of the Pharma Forum podcast. You can find out more information about this episode, including a download link and information about previous installments of the series at pharmaforum.com forward slash podcasts. The Pharma Forum podcast is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher and Podbean, where you can find and subscribe by searching for Pharma Forum. Of course, don't forget to visit our website itself, where you can sign up for daily news and analysis bulletins, and follow us on Twitter, or X nowadays, at at PharmaForum. That's all for now. Thank you for listening.